coming up on Sowie and Lofty Lux. Is the Kraken real? <laughs> is it? Why does Georgina like watching a man unclog drains? Oh, yes. The Saurus Walrus will, of course, be here. And the long-awaited return of Dead Penguin. This is Sowie and Lofty Lux. From Studio Senseless in Leafy London Town, it's Sour B and Luff Deluxe. There is a place where dreams live. Welcome, dedicated followers of fashion. To Salby and Lofty Lux. <laughs> An up-to-the-minute reference there. I'm Brian Luff. And I'm Georgina Sowerby. Up first, up first, it's matters arising. What's the bitch this week? Well, Georgina, we have to talk about your extremely noisy coat. In the grand scheme of things, folks, it's not a noisy coat. It's a very noisy it's coat. It's not a noisy coat. It's not the coat that's the problem. It's the person who's in it no, that's no. the problem. The problem is, yeah. is that you tend to put it on quite a long time before you go out. You don't sort everything out before you go and then think, right, now I'm going, put your coat on and go. No, you put your noisy coat on about 10 minutes before yeah, yeah, you go yeah, yeah. out. I only do it to annoy you. And then you wander around, mostly yes. behind me, sitting at the computer <laughs> And it, I mean, what is that coat made of? Why no. is it so noisy? What is what is the thing that where it, it's not ear dysmorphia? It's something. It's called marasma or something like that, where people cl- like click into certain noises and they get irritated when you, by them. When you walk from one side of the it's room nylon. to the other, it's a puffer jacket. Yeah, yeah. and when it you... has little feathers in it, which yeah. aren't noisy, no. but the material that surrounds the feathers appears to really annoy you. Look, when you walk from one end of the room to the other wearing your noisy coat, it goes... Yes, it just goes... It's almost like it's telling me to be quiet. For about ten minutes... And then if I say, why can you just, are you going out or are you just going to walk around in your noisy coat? I know. You just get irritated by me. What happens is I think, oh, I'm ready to go. And then lots of things happen because mm. life gets in the way. Your phone goes or someone sends you a message or I then sit down because I've forgotten my glasses and I need to find my glasses. All sorts of rubbish happens in between yeah. me, you see, putting I, my coat on and actually leaving. When, when I want to go out, I just go out. But you rev up. You rev up for about 15 minutes beforehand, and it's a very, very noisy experience. It isn't noisy. Moving on. It really isn't noisy. Moving on. Breaking news. Yes. Now, you don't know this, Georgina. This uh, do I not know this it? This is literally breaking news. The company we were using to produce our Will You Tickle My Fanny ceramic mugs, which yes. we've decided to bring back after many years. Okay. Right? Because because we know from the, the Zoom that we did with some of our listeners that some of them have still got the Will You Tickle My Fanny <laughs> mug, right? And so, don't need a new one. So yeah. um, I put it onto one of the sites that does print-on-demand uh, yeah. mugs, and mm. the mug has been removed <gasps> from their online store for compliance reasons. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Apparently, it does not reach their required standards <gasps> of taste and decency. <laughs> <laughs> 
Is that what they said? That's brilliant. Well, will you tickle my fanny? Is ruder in England than yes, it, it is, is by in far. America? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I could just argue with them and just so, because you know we've had it on online before as a as a downloadable piece. of I know, but everyone's so sensitive I now. Know. You can't say the word fanny anymore. You can't do anything. No, because fanny is a name. So uh, fanny Craddock. So instead, fanny something <laughs> else. Instead, if you click on merch on our website now, yeah. salbeinlove.com, instead. You get a, a Salbian Love t shirt and a Salbian Love mug mm. with the logo of the podcast in it, which is us wearing our space helmets. Right? Okay. It's still a lovely piece and of merchandise. And that offends no one, no, does it? It's still a lovely piece of merchandise. And us I would, pretending to be spacemen isn't a problem, yeah, I but would, me. I would urge everyone to get one of those. <laughs> you but, would, would you? But, uh, you know, I am a little bit upset about the demise of Woody Tick on my funny, but we're still going to say it at the end of the podcast, aren't we, Georgina? Yeah, no, I won't stop saying it. Mm. It's better than bye-bye apple pie and all that other rubbish you made me say. (laughs) Bye-bye apple pie, I mean, please. Coming up first, it's Don't Bogart the Finger Monkey. Don't Bogart the Finger Monkey. So what's all this about unclogging (gasps) drains, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. You can watch videos online of people unblocking drains and there is no more satisfying a video than watching some there's a lot of water then someone unclogs the drain and then there's no water all the water goes down the drain and there's something really satisfying you know when you clean something and it's dirty and then it's not dirty and you go that's yummy where are you where are you watching this i don't (laughs) i just typed into the internet unblocking drains I don't. It just occurred to me when it rains in NA, mm. a lot of the drains get blocked, and there's big pools of water, and you have to jump over them or go round them, and that means you have to go out into the road, and it's dangerous. And I just thought, I wonder if I should start unblocking the so drains. This guy that you enjoy watching unblocking yeah. drains—is it the same yeah. guy every time, or think, are there multiple I think, sites? I think one guy does do a lot of drain unblocking. Mm. I think he realised. Do you remember ages ago where there was some? Someone was filming the big puddle where people were jumping over the puddle. Is this like the big society? Well, I don't know what it is. No, there was it's a big David puddle. Cameron's there idea. was a big puddle up in the northeast. They'd got a camera pointing at it, yeah. and people were watching the 24-hour video stream of people jumping over the puddle. It's a bit like that. People like puddles, but it's really satisfying when a puddle goes down. If you don't believe me, just type into the internet and put in. Unblocking drains. Do you remember someone sent us, years ago, someone sent us a picture of a woman in a bikini lying seductively in a puddle? Seductively, because it's a thing. (laughs) It is a thing. I remember her well. I I had a very strange experience with unblocking a drain, actually. Mm. You probably don't remember this. I don't think you you were with me. Um, When I was in Bournemouth... (laughs) Why would I remember it then? (laughs) When I was at Bournemouth at my mum's house, there was an apparent blockage Mm. in the drain outside the house in Mm. the driveway. Okay. And this guy came round Mm. and he set up equipment. It looked like he was going to make a film, right? (laughs) He set up... He set up a little kind of tarpaulin over yeah. himself, oh and, he, and a little desk, and a, and some mo- and some monitors. Oh, right? cool! And then he went to the uh, the driveway. They uh, put a camera down there. Yeah, he went to the end of the driveway. He pushed this camera down there, and then he called me out. Yeah. Uh, and he got me to sit down. It was like we were going to make a film. Oh, right? that's brilliant! And on one of the monitors, yeah, we could see into the drain, mm. and bizarrely. 
there was something that looked like the alien yes. down there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and I po- know exactly what it's going to and be. He, he pointed at it yeah. and he said, What do you think that is then? I know what it is. Uh, and I said, I've no idea. It looks yeah. like a it looks like an alien from another planet. He said, No, that's the roots of a tree. Roots of a tree. That has burrowed its way through, yep. he said. That's burrowed its way yep. into the drain mm-hmm. and it's sitting there. And he had to go at it. With an electric, uh, it looked like an electric saw, it, and it was on the end of a kind of um, a pipe. Yes. And it has to push this saw down there oh, and cut this tree and you then see, drag the tree people, out. This should be a film. Yeah. I don't want to see all these artistic French new Nouvelle Vague films. Mm. All I want to see is a man getting rid of tree roots in a drain. Your mum had that some is tree roots, yeah, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah. mum said exactly the same thing. Yeah. They went down there and went, oh, no, love, but less of a Cockney accent, obviously, because it's in Yorkshire. And he went, he said, well, I'm going to have to remove the tree, the s- tree roots. I said, how much is it going to cost me yeah. to, to remove this root? He said, ah. You're in luck. (laughs) It's about an inch off your property. Oh, nice. And it's on council property. Nice. So so I can remove it, but I can send a bill to them. I know. So that was lucky. And it is a lot of money. I know that from my mum. And next time I think I'm going to... Because I did unblock... This Christmas, I did unblock a drain at my mum's, the kitchen drain. And that was really unpleasant. I don't want to be unblocking drains. What I want to be doing is watching someone else do it. You have to say, lovely listeners, that this podcast is worth every penny, right? (laughs) To listen to Georgina and I <laughs> talking about unclogging drains. Oh, yeah. Worth that, every penny. That hits the spot, doesn't it? But there is, there's some more interesting content than this coming up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, because we are obsessed this week <laughs> yes. with a man who's doing an advert for tenor, but for men. Now, tenor are the little nappies that you can buy. Diapers, if mm. you live in America, for, for when you reach a certain age, when you cough and you pee a little... <laughs> Yes. I, I think it's I don't know for why that, I'm isn't it? I'm not laughing. <laughs> but he actually starts the advert. He's he's behind a, a like a fish tank, isn't he? And he comes out from behind the fish tank and he's just wearing a pair of pants and he says, "I want to talk to you about my urine leakage." <laughs> And he's standing there like Arnold Schwarzenegger with a pair of pants on, flexing his muscles. Now I have a theory that urine leakage Mm. is my second difficult album title. Yes, that would be a great (laughs) name. Urine leakage, but he says at the end, uh, once we've discovered that tenor are great for men as well, he says. No more dribbles. There could be uh, a new series of podcasts after this series called uh, Sabin Loves Urine Leakage. Urine Leakage. There are worse <laughs> titles. So, Georgina, I've written down how garlic bread is helping families to communicate. This, what, this is brilliant. About? This that, is that brilliant. That sounds intriguing. It is. There's an experiment done in the year 2000, and mm. I've been reading all about it, because someone had an idea that sights and smells of food, obviously affect the interaction between people, you Mm. you know. And a guy thought, I wonder how much garlic bread affects families round the dinner table. Mm. He wanted to know. And so um, he got 50 families. This is a proper experiment. He got 50 families and he randomly gave some spaghetti bolognese and garlic bread and some just spaghetti bolognese. In the first minute, he served the spaghetti bolognese. In the second minute, he introduced the aroma of the garlic, of the garlic bread. bread yeah. And in the third minute, he gave half of the families the garlic bread to eat. Is Peter Kay behind this? <laughs> I don't know. 
in some way. I am saying the words garlic bread quite a lot here, aren't I? Georgina, I completely agree with this. For years, I have been saying, if we're having uh, spaghetti bolognese, can you get some garlic but bread? But you don't know the results yet. Oh. You don't know the results oh, yet. So surely this isn't So don't a, jump the gun. Surely this isn't going to be a bad outcome. It isn't a bad outcome for garlic bread, no. On average, absolutely, the families who were eating the garlic bread and smelt the gar- garlic bread recorded both less negative comments and more positive interaction between the families. So the minute they could smell the garlic bread, families communicated more. So what I'm going to suggest is that everybody, no matter what you're serving, serve garlic bread too and people will chat more in a more positive manner. Isn't that the world's greatest stupid experiment? Yeah, a friend of mine who cooks with garlic all the time says that he always starts, goes into the kitchen, rubs a clove of garlic around the saucepan and then says to himself, and now what are we going to have for dinner? In other words, it doesn't matter what he cooks. Yes. It starts off with, with him rubbing garlic. a clove oh. of garlic around the sauce. thing is, it does make you happy, but it's the smell, isn't I'm it? not sure. I went online and I couldn't find any information into what is in garlic that makes us all so happy well, garlic and, and in communicative. It. <laughs> it's got garlic no, in it. No, but what's in the garlic? You can't just go garlic. There must be what, something in the garlic. You can't say what's in garlic, it's garlic. It's just the garlic. The garlic's garlic made up garlic. of something, and then when you spread it in butter on bread, then it becomes the world's happiest side but, but, side whatever you call them side platter. Of all the content we've done over the years, that's one of my favourite stories. I know, I and know. And it also means that I can constantly uh, yeah, request. No, you can just go garlic bread. If you want us to talk, yeah, you need to provide garlic. What bread. you mean apart from when we're in here doing this? I know. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if I want us to talk <gasps> the rest of the time, no, no. But if we put garlic bread in here while we were recording. Maybe it would make the whole podcast, like, really happy. I've also written down that it's now possible to put your ex-partner's name (laughs) in a litter tray. What's that about? I love this. This is an animal shelter. And in order to make money, it said to people, if you would like us to put your ex-partner's name in one of our litter trays, you can. (laughs) So you actually donate some money to the animal shelter. They go and put your ex's or whoever's name you want into a litter tray and all the cats pick. <laughs> I, love I love it. So more don't bogart the finger monkey next time on Saturday and Lefty Lux. Next up, it's the Saurus Walrus. If you'd like to follow this podcast on Twitter or Instagram, we are at Sowerby and Laugh. You can visit our website, which is sowerbyandluff.com, or keep in touch by becoming a member of our busy Facebook group, Sowerby and Luff's fully optimised social media network. We are the mice who live under the sink and you are listening to Sowerby and Love Deluxe. In the studio we have the lovely Thesaurus Warus Jr. Hello. Hello Thesaurus Warus Jr. Um, now, you come into the studio, I give you a word and then you come up with as many antonyms Antonyms? Yes, I antonyms. Did, well, it's just such a weird word, antonym, yes. isn't it? My dad used to do synonyms uh-huh. and I do antonyms. What does your mother do? I Cross- don't. Crosswords, probably. 
<laughs> I'm an orphan. Um, okay, so today's word is oh, this is a word that is nice to say, cantankerous. Yes, but this isn't that item. Georgie. No, I know. This but isn't I, words. That I are may nice be. To say. I know, but I may be obliged to hold your face with both hands, look deep into no. your eyes, and say the word cantankerous. No, Georgina, don't spunk that content <laughs> out yet. <laughs> Today's word is cantankerous. What are antonyms for a cantankerous so the place? The opposite of cantankerous uh-huh. is um, good natured. That's lovely, yes. Um, pleasant. Pleasant's a lovely, lovely, lovely word. Nice. No, nice. I'm not a fan of the word nice. Nice. No, stop saying it. Easy going. Easy going. Anti cantankerous. I was waiting for anti cantankerous mm. to come up. Non cantankerous. Non cantankerous. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, Excellent. Yeah, Excellent. Yeah, well, yeah, well played, sir. Um, um, easy like Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> I like easy like. Sunday morning. Yeah. Am I easy going, Georgie? You are. You're the most easy going walrus I've ever had in the studio. I've got a headache. Oh no. I think I've had too much caffeine. <laughs> okay, well the go and I don't know how you get rid of caffeine, but go and do something that does that. Nice to hear. That's Auto Tune Man. Auto Tune Man. We haven't had Auto Tune Man on for a long time, have we? Man. After all these years, the still, man still to come on Sabin Love Deluxe is the Kraken real or is it a conspiracy? It's a, a conspiracy. A rat who has won an award for bravery. Cool. Our old friend Candy Carrot Cake. No. We'll be, we'll be phoning in live from Tenerife. Cool. Cool. And Dead Penguin will be making a triumphant return. That's lovely. Corridors of Conspiracy. What have you got for us on Corridors of Conspiracy this week, Georgina? The Kraken. Is it an alien from under the ocean? Some people believe... (laughs) I know, and I'm saying this hand on heart. Right, Okay. Some people believe that there is an alien portal at the bottom of the sea and the Kraken, which is a giant beastie sea monster, Mm, comes from out of that portal and uh, haunts ships. The Kraken is a sea monster that is so big it is capable of dragging ships under the ocean. That's big. It is big, does isn't it, it? Does it operate in one particular area of the ocean? Yeah. Or is it yeah. sort of global? No, it isn't. It's just off of Norway. Oh, specifically <laughs> just, just off Norway. Off of Norway, it seems. That's that's where the Kraken does its work. W- within sight of Norway? Or, I mean, if you <laughs> no. went for... Uh, I mean, I presume there are beaches on Norway. If you went for a little swim... <laughs> Why wouldn't there be beaches well, no, some, in Norway? Like, some countries are landlocked, aren't they? But Norway, Norway has lots of lovely it? coast, doesn't yes, it? Yes, it really so does. I'm assuming if it has lovely coast, that yes. it would have beaches yeah. occasionally. Well, so if you're on a beach in Norway and you wander out too far when you're having a little paddle yeah. or a little swim... <gasps> Got to be careful. Does the Kraken like 
jump up and get you, or is it only interested in dragging oil tankers? <laughs> it's not oil the, tankers to the bottom of the sea. Well, basically, the kraken was first noted in literature in the 1700s. Yes. So um, it first came along, and they were talking of it and how it dragged. Uh, ships to the bottom of the sea. Also in the 1800s, both Victor Hugo and Jules Verne used the kraken Mm. in literature. So it became a sort of monster in people's minds because it was in literature. But before that, it had been reported that giant monsters had been taking ships down. Now... I'm going to dismiss it automatically because what the Kraken is, really, and there are paintings from what the sailors described in the 1700s, that basically it's a giant octopus or squid and there are such beasts in the ocean. So the Kraken is a a big octopus. It's a very big octopus. Does it punch other fish? Uh, (laughs) When it gets bored. (laughs) Well, a punch from this would be fairly debilitating. It would have to be a very, very big octopus to pull a ship under the sea, wouldn't it? I think that was used for exaggeration. So so where did the idea that it was from another planet come from? I mean, what did that meteorite land on Earth with a huge octopus clinging to it? That's a more modern interpretation. Mm. That That is more like, since people have decided that there are alien portals at the bottom of the ocean, yeah. because let's face it, no one goes to the bottom of the ocean, so no one can really disprove the fact that there are alien portals at the bottom of the ocean. But really, what it is, it's going to be a giant squid or octopus, which actually can get up to 12 to 15 metres long. Which is a giant octopus, is it not? So you're not you're, you're not saying that it doesn't exist then. You're saying that it does exist and that it's probably yeah. this particular creature. What there are is alien portals at the bottom of the sea are mm. quite common. Mm. Now, one of them, I did some research on one that is just off the coast of Mexico, off the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah. Now, this is a secret underwater base um, and it's been spotted... On Google Earth. Hmm. I don't know how. Does Google Earth do the bottom of the sea as well? I, you know, I don't know. Maybe it does. Anyway. I think if you go up high enough, you can see the kind of yes. the contours yeah. anyway, of the bottom of the sea. There's a weird contour there, and people think that what it is, it's some weird sort of um, secret underwater base. Um, and it has Alien been, or yeah, human? It has been uh, described as an interdimensional underwater base off the Mexico. What's an interdimensional? Uh, it's, well, it's something that the History Channel uses to drive, oh, right. to okay. drive uh, viewership, <laughs> mainly. <Okay. laughs> now, one man says that he has seen inside this base. Right. And he. this is how he managed to see inside the base. He used astral projection and he induced astral projection through meditation... And a pescatarian diet. Well, you know what astral projection is, don't you? That's where. Not really. That's where you lie on a bed mm. and you close your eyes. Yeah. And your your soul separates from your body. Oh, and you okay. Can, and you can look down. Yeah. And see your 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 body uh, lying below you. They did a, an experiment once to see if this was a thing. Yeah. Right, they put this guy in a bed. Right, yeah. And there was a a big tall wardrobe next to the bed uh-huh. that he couldn't see the top of 
And they put various objects (laughs) on top of this wardrobe. (laughs) And he had to lie on the bed and tell them what the objects were that were on top of the wardrobe. It was a hairbrush. We don't know what it was because he wasn't able to see anything. Oh, he wasn't able to project himself out. That was the experiment that they did to see if you can actually separate from your body and look down. Yeah, well, this guy claims that he did. He he astrally projected himself to this super little light base at the bottom of the sea. And what did he see? Through meditation Mm. and a pescatarian diet. But what did he see? I'm obsessed with the idea that you can only see alien bases if you eat fish. Georgina, was it the one that looks like owls? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what kind of alien. He just said he saw aliens. Georgina showed me this week a picture of what... What baby owls look like I before know. they get their feathers. I know. Now, if you haven't seen this, I need to, I'll probably post this picture <laughs> onto this post. Um, it, they look exactly like the pictures that yeah. we see of grey aliens with yes. big eyes yep. and long skinny legs. Yeah, and um, long skinny that's arms. That's what a baby owl looks like. If you, you went into a barn and saw baby owls, you would think it was aliens. I thought you were going to say if you went into a barn. <laughs> No, Google it, guys. I would Just love to chat to an owl at a bar. Google, I think that would be great. Google baby owls without their feathers, and you will be amazed how much they look like aliens. Yeah. So he okay. So he, he eats lots of fish. Yeah. He, he actually projects, projects to the bottom himself, of the sea, and he claims that that's where the kraken and aliens come from. Oh, the kraken comes from there as yeah, well. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The right. kraken comes from what? But what the kraken actually is is just a giant octopus slash squid. And it's 15 metres long, and that's what people have been seeing. It would have to be an awful lot longer than 15 metres to drag a ship. It's not dragging any ships. That's just a myth. It came from literature. It comes from Jules Byrne and Victor Hugo, both of which who described a giant sea monster who dragged ships under the ocean. There's a book, it's isn't pure, there? We mix fact and fiction, there's, us humans. There's a Jules Verne book called uh, 20,000 Leagues Under, under the, the sea, sea. Which, when I was a kid, I thought that was 20,000 and legs under the sea. <laughs> yeah, but it's only eight legs because it's an octopus. I was so disappointed when I discovered it wasn't legs. It was something called leagues, which I'd never heard of. <laughs> the leagues of gentlemen. So that was uh, Corridors of Conspiracy. Uh, more of those next week. Up next, words that are nice to say. Sour and Love Deluxe. This week's word that is nice to say, not it's not the one that Georgina spunked out early while she was talking to the walrus. This is a that new... Cantankerous is a good word this to This is say. a new word that is nice to say. Yeah. Modicum. Modicum. Let's say it together. Modicum. Modicum. Turn to someone close to you, look deep into their eyes, grasp their face firmly in your hands and say... Modicum. modicum. Place it in a sentence for us, Georgina. Um, our podcast once had a modicum of success, but very few people listen to it now. <laughs> <laughs> That's modicum. modicum. This week's official word that is nice, nice to, to say, say on Salby and Lofty Lux. Up next, it's Dead Penguin. It's good to hear that again, isn't it, Georgina? It is. I love that. Our long-time listeners will recognise that from many, many moons. Uh, Yes, Dead Penguin is back, and each week we're going to be handing out our Dead 
Penguin Awards. Oh, that's exciting. Uh, that's something uh, new. Our, Brilliant. Our first dead penguin award yeah. goes to five African grey parrots. Uh-huh. What did they do? So technically they'll have to share the award. Yes, Like that's maybe fine. one of them could keep it for a week and then another one yeah, of them pass could it keep it. Yeah, so put it next to their perch and then pass it on. They may all be in the same cage at a zoo. Well, you'll find out all about that, Georgina, okay. in just a moment. Um, I'll give you the real names of the parrots. Uh, Billy. Yep. Eric, uh-huh. Jade, Ooh. Elsie, Ooh. and Tyson. Tyson? <laughs> well, then that doesn't really fit in with the rest Tyson. Hi, this is Billy, Eric, Jade, Elsie, so, and Tyson. So these five parrots reside... Does Tyson, is he the boxer? I don't know. <laughs> okay. So these five parrots reside at the uh, Lincolnshire Wildlife Centre in oh, the UK. That's lovely. Uh, and they recently had to be separated oh. for encouraging <laughs> each other to swear... <laughs> <laughs> at visitors. That is brilliant. Now, the chief executive of the zoo, uh, Isambard Kingdom Brunel, oh, not his real name, not his real name, told reporters we're quite used to parrot swearing, uh-huh. but they, we've never had five who all swear at the same time. <laughs> These five seem to relish it, he oh, says. Uh, they probably listen to our podcast as well, he don't they? He says that most people are entertained by yes. the, these potty-mouthed yeah, creatures. I would be. But some are offended. Oh, shame. Uh, Georgina, when a parrot tells you to fuck off, right, yeah. it's funny at first. <laughs> <laughs> but then I think I think he's right. I, I think it would eventually become annoying. Yeah, wouldn't yeah, it? stop. Yeah, well, it's okay. Once the novelty had worn off. Yes. So Isambard Kingdom Brunel, not, not his, his real, real name, name, concludes by saying, for the sake of the children. Oh, bless, yes. Because yes. that's what it's all about, isn't it? It is. It's, think a, of, think about the, the chi- children. Th- have, we want the kiddies to be having a lovely time, not being told to fuck off by parrots. <laughs> <laughs> so for the sake of the children, the zoo have been forced to put the parrots in separate enclosures oh. until they can behave themselves. Oh, do they have to sit at the back of the class? Well, I, don't, I mean, it is. <laughs> It's like that, isn't it? Come and sit next to the teacher. Maybe sometimes the animals in this zoo get sent to see the chief executive. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. to stand outside his yeah. office yeah. with their head bowed. Yes. Maybe maybe they get some of them get the stick, you know, at the end of <laughs> the end of the day. Or maybe some of them have uh, some of them have to do detention. Yeah. Like when all the animal the other animals get to they go have to, to sleep. write lines on the chalkboard. They leave the line. I will on. not say fuck off to children anymore. That's how you could do detention. You leave the light on in the cage so that they can't get asleep <laughs> when sleep. the sun goes down. And they have to sit they have to sit <gasps> silently. Let's, no, let's not be torturing parrots. And if parrots are bright enough to learn and use swear words, I mean they don't know their swear words, presumably. I wonder if they're they, just gauging from the reaction. I wonder if they all swear like simultaneously or whether <laughs> one swears after the other. So like fuck, 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 fuck. fuck. Uh, so the second dead penguin award this week goes yes. to the Katmai National Park in Alaska. Great. Uh, they win the award for coming up with <laughs> oh, what fat, fat Bear Week. Fat Bear Week? Yes. Fat Bear Week is hosted oh every word. year at the park and it allows members of the public to vote for which Alaskan bear will be the fattest. Before... 
before it goes into hibernation. Hold on, we're vo- they have to guess which one will be... Why are we fat-shaming bears? Why are we fat-shaming them? It sounds like it's more like having a, a vote on which one they think is going to get to be the Oh, fattest. to get to be the biggest. Well, maybe they put money on it. I don't know. Oh, got you. But oh, it's, maybe it's a sweepstake and you name well, a bear. I mean, are the bears numbered? It's Fat Bear Week, so you can do anything you want. It's funny you should say <laughs> that. They are numbered. Week. I'll tell you the, the number of the winning bear. Oh. Okay. The moment. Right, okay. Um, so what they do is they uh, it's it's hosted every year. Yeah. It allows members to vote for the bear they want to th- that they think is going to be the fattest. Okay. After making a donation to charity. That's so, good. It's like so the litter box. It's yes. like the litter box. Let's go with it. Yeah. The people get to vote yes. on Fat Bear Tuesday. I'm loving Fat Bear Tuesday. You could have pancakes, couldn't you? Oh, on Fat Bear Tuesday. and garlic bread, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Last year's winner was Bear Seven Four Seven. Oh, hold on. There are more than 747. No, How many no, bears are in this They might have been place? numbering them for years, Georgina. There might only be three or four bears, but they've been they, they've been there for years and no, years. No, no, so no, no, been no. Numbering if them. there are four bears, you don't name you don't number one of them 747. What do you think they call bear 747? Is it as big as a Boeing? They call him Jumbo Jet. Yeah. Okay. What else? Okay. He's a brown bear. Yeah. And he weighs in at around 1,400 pounds. 1400. That's 100 stone. What? Or 640 kilograms. Hold on. I'm genuinely amazed by that. There's a bear that weighs 100 stone. They're massive, Georgina. They're, they're vast. They're about six or seven times bigger than a man. Aren't my they? head, they're my head things. has been blown. I thought bears, max, probably weighed 10, uh, like 40 stone. Max. Max. Who's Max? <laughs> no. At the max. Oh, at, at the, the max. maximum. I thought there was a bear called Max. Why oh. wasn't he in the competition? No, he was. He was 742, but he didn't get. He didn't put on enough weight. So a uh, bear uh, 747 is in hibernation yeah. at the moment. Uh, and no doubt all that fat will be helping him get through the long winter, Georgina. Do you 100 think, stone? I can't get over that. Do you think I've got enough fat to, to hibernate, Georgina? No, I don't you think You don't think you I have. should hibernate? No, I mean, I I would love you You'd to hibernate, mo- but if, you, if I'm hibernated, I'd miss most of the football season, wouldn't I? <laughs> you wouldn't miss my coat going shh shh shh. That's sh- true. Shh shh. Sh- though I have quiet summer coats. It's only the winter coats that are noisy. So the third dead penguin of the week yes. goes to a rat. Okay, I'm not a fan of rats, but do continue. Uh, you might not know this, but the British Animal Charity, the PDSA, yeah, have uh, gotten a, a gold award that they give out from time to time. It's usually given to a human. Yes. But on this occasion, they've awarded it to a rat. Oh, that's nice. A very brave rat. Does it do a lot of cooking in a kitchen? They say it's their top civilian award. Oh. Now, that I stopped when I saw that because I thought, why? how is a rat a civilian? Yeah. Are there military rats? <laughs> military. And civilian oh, well, they might well be. Maybe. So the rat in question is a giant African <laughs> pouched rat. I'm sorry. I just envisioned a rat doing one of those army obstacle courses in training and having to go over walls and having to swing across ropes and go under a bit of netting in order to get out the other side. It'd be brilliant at going over those walls. Yes, they would, but under netting would be less practical. So the rat in question is a giant African pouched rat whose name is... I'm already hating that. Whose name is Magawa. Oh, God, what does he keep in his pouches? Hand grenades. That's his real name, by the way, Magawa. Magua. Um, he was awarded this high honour by the PDSA mm-hmm. for diligent work searching out unexploded landmines. Oh, that's great. 
That's so great. It's very richly deserved. Why do it when you can send a rat to do it? That's been my motto on a lot well, of jobs. I've got thoughts about this, right? The rat weighs three pounds. Oh, that's quite... It's a lot less than a bear. That's a hell of a lot less than the bear. How many um, How many rats are in a bear? He was presented with his gold medal at a ceremony. Oh, that's sweet. Where he was commended for his bravery and devotion after discovering 39 landmines and 28 other items of unexploded ordnance. Now, I'm going to put my hand up here and say, does a rat, is a rat brave and determined well, and devoted, or does it literally just do what it's trained look, to do? Whatever that rat thought he was doing, uh-huh. he did not know he was looking for explosives. <laughs> right? I don't think he did, if unless he, they smelt of cheese. If he had known yeah. he was looking for explosives, he would have run away yes. <laughs> as fast as his little but, legs would carry him. You know what the secret is? What people should do, if they put these landmines down and they don't want a rat to discover them, what they should do is just make the landmines peppermint flavoured and no rat would go anywhere near them and if you want to know what that reference is all about <laughs> listen to one of our previous podcasts yes um, adorable footnote yes uh, when the award-winning rat is not out saving lives he likes eating peanuts and sleeping sleeping don't we all there you go don't we all magawa the, so, the uh, devoted rat. More dead penguin winners next week. But oh, right I now, like having dead penguin back. Right now, it's candy carrot cake. To get exclusive bonus content for this podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash studio senseless and upgrade to Sour Bee and Luff VIP access. So on the line now, a very dear old friend of this podcast, it's candy carrot cake. Hello, darling. Where are you calling from, Candy? I'm in Tenerife, Brian. What are you doing in Tenerife? I'm working as a wedding planner. A wedding planner? Yeah. Candy carrot cakes, conspicuous weddings. So much more than horse and carriage for your marriage. (laughs) That's very catchy. Are you planning a wedding at the moment? Oh, yeah. I've got one today. It's totally unique. What's unique about it? Well, the bride and groom and all the guests are dressed as dinosaurs. How many guests are there? 400. 400? Yeah, and the vicar is a lookalike. What does he look like? Well, he's supposed to look like David Attenborough, but he's only four foot six, so he looks more like Danny DeVito. That is unusual. The whole thing takes place inside a big bouncy castle on the beach. Wow. We had a rehearsal this morning, and the best man, who was dressed as a velociraptor, ended up in casualty with three broken ribs. Oh, dear. There was quite a few casualties, actually. The tide came in unexpectedly and swept the bouncy castle out to sea. I've just heard that it's been washed up in Lanzagrotti. Well, uh, good luck with the wedding, uh, Candy. Can we call you again next week? Yeah, of course. I'll be in Mallorca, though, doing a wedding in a skateboard park. That's nice. I'm already having a bit of trouble with the vicar. Oh? He's refusing to skate down a ramp to give out the rings. Candy carrot cake there. Nice to hear from Candy again. Coming up next, a brand new game for Georgina to play. Sour Bee and Luff Deluxe. This week's new game mm-hmm. is called One Note Wonder. One Note Wonder. Yeah. So I'll play Georgina a single note yes. on this piano. Uh-huh. And she will try and guess the name of the song yes. that that note 
starts with? I think I'm going to be very good at this because I'm very good with one note. Here is... Yes. ...the note. Do you Can want to I, hear it? Yes, you know, I need to Do you hear want to again. hear it again? Bong! Is it Annie's song by John Denver? Nope. Is it uh, your song by Elton John? Nope. Is it the cover of The Rolling Stone by Dr Hook? I love that song. No. Nope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it Why Don't We Do It In The Road by The Beatles? No. Nope. Is it Still Greasy After All These Years by Paul Simon? No, do you want to hear it again? Yeah. Uh... I know what it is. It's nothing going to change my clothes by They Might Be Giants. No. Is it Shoplifters of the World Unite by the Smiths? No. Ha Ha, You're Dead by Green Day. That's a horrible name for a song, isn't it? Ha Ha, You're Dead. Ha Ha, You're Dead. I do. I like Green Day, though. Yeah, OK. Is it Everyone Must Get Stoned by Bob Dylan? No, I think it's Everybody <sighs> Must Get Stoned. Oh, actually. Everybody Must yeah, Get Stoned. I right. don't know I'm too no, stoned to that, say. That's wrong. Uh, is it The Power of Orange Knickers by Tori Amos? Georgina, I'll give you three more guesses this week I've got orange knickers on at the moment have you I have yes is it the voice of cheese by Frank Zappa no um is it why does it hurt when I pee by Frank Zappa <laughs> it can't possibly be the song because why does it hurt when I pee is it is it it's it urine leakage by Frank Zappa no. is it no more dribbles by Frank Zappa one more guess is it you're the reason our kids are ugly by Conway Twitter. I think that's the best song title of all time. I know. But it isn't it doesn't start with this note. Oh that's such a, it might do, but it's not that one. So Georgina, you okay. failed to, uh, to, to <laughs> you failed to guess the song this week. Titles of songs are brilliant. You can have another try next week when we will once again be playing One Note Wonder. Excellent. Um Georgina, we've once again scurried to the end of the long Slightly claustrophobic <laughs> tunnel that is this podcast. <laughs> okay. Thanks to Thesaurus Walrus, yeah, the mice yeah. who live under the sink. Bless them. And Candy Carrot Cake. Candy! For, for helping to deliver this week's hastily cobbled together content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see you next time. Say, Buona Sera, Georgina. Buona Sera, Georgina. Sowerby and Lofty Lux was written and presented by me, Brian Loft. And me, Georgina Sowerby. The announcer was Big Mal from Denver. Music by Curiosity Shop, Kevin McLeod and Three Blind Mice. Technical supervisor was Dame Alan Benz. Thesaurus Warus Jr. appeared courtesy of Skegness Seal Sanctuary. All celebrity voices were impersonated. No mice were harmed during the making of this programme. This was a Sowerby and Love production for Studio Senseless in Liffey London Town. <laughs> Will you tickle my fanny? 